0: This episode is brought to you by MGMA Events. Join us June 6th through the 8th for a robust and convenient learning experience featuring education from industry leaders covering a wide variety of challenges facing medical practices today. MGMA Summit is a signature online event that allows you to take control of your journey by attending live or by accessing the sessions at your own pace until July 8th. Go to mgma.com slash events to learn more and to register today. Hi everyone and welcome to the MGMA Week in Review podcast. I'm Daniel Williams, Senior Editor with MGMA and host of the MGMA Podcast Network. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm ready to For spring to fully arrive, but here in Colorado, we've got dangerous winds, so looks like I'm stuck inside today, so it's a good time to record a podcast and get some great news to you listeners. Our first article today, and this is an important one, Medical Groups Moving Cautiously as Powerful AI Tools Emerge. This article first appeared on mgma.com. Take all the recent headlines about generative AI, the flurry of academics using platforms like ChatGPT, often to create robo-written screeds about the dangers of ChatGPT. It's almost enough words to program an entire large language model. Whether those headlines about being AI, Google's Bard, and other generative platforms leave you bullish or bewildered, there's no questioning that the technological advancements in recent months are a central part of a discourse that AI might be co-writing. A March 28th MGMA stat poll points to limited embrace of these types of AI tools in healthcare. 10% of medical group leaders report using them in their organizations, while 85% do not, and another 5% were unsure. In many instances, medical group leaders signaled that they know many of their vendors are using some form of AI to enable certain tasks, but do not use AI tools directly in-house. Other emerging uses of AI noted by poll respondents included evaluation of AI to help refine a triage tool for applying decision support in the practice. Some of the most frequently cited uses of AI tools include patient communications, ranging from contact center answering service AI to help triage calls and sort or distribute incoming fax messages to AI-enabled outreach, such as appointment reminders and marketing materials. Also, capturing clinical documentation, often with natural language processing or speech recognition platforms to help virtually scribe. And finally, improving billing operations and predictive analytics. However, a strong majority of medical group leaders whose organizations do not currently use AI tools noted that they're unlikely to add any until they see more evidence of their effectiveness in the workplace. As one respondent told us, we tried, none of them work as advertised. To indulge ourselves a bit, we asked ChatGPT to give us a list of the best articles about generative AI use in healthcare. The results were interesting. The hyperlinks point to totally unrelated publications ranging from a study on black string theory in high energy physics, to an article on number theory from a professor at the University of Versailles. Exact same prompt in a trial version of Google's BARD didn't try to deliver as much as ChatGPT, instead noted that as an LLM, it doesn't have the capacity to understand and respond to the command. Our ability at MGMA to provide great resources, education and advocacy depends on a strong feedback loop. You can sign up by texting STAT to 33550 or visit mgma.com STAT to make your voice heard in our weekly polls sent via text message. Our next article looks at diffusing tense situations through psychology. This article first appeared on physician's practice and was written by Rebecca Bernard, M.D., Here's an altogether too familiar scenario. You walk into the exam room to find your next patient glaring at you, arms crossed, lips pressed together, clearly angry. It's about time the patient seethes at you as you settle into your chair and start to open the computer chart. Your chest clenches, you're running late, it's true, but... It's because you just spent an extra 30 minutes with your last patient, helping her through a new diagnosis of cancer. So you you try to hold back your emotions and get the visit on track, but Mr. Jones isn't ready to move on. He is still furious at being kept waiting. Warning bells go off. Your fight or flight emotions are triggered. And if it's a particularly bad day, you may explode at Mr. Jones and say something you will very much later regret. Or you may force yourself to swallow your feelings of anger and frustration, where they will slowly eat away at you, leading to anxiety and depression. Either way, Mr. Jones isn't going to be happy and neither are you. As Bernard writes, you can change this outcome moving forward by a simple technique of emotional mirroring and validation. One of the problems with strong emotions is that they're controlled by the primitive mammalian brain, which is responsible for core emotions and our fight or flight response, rather than our more advanced neocortex, or the human brain. When we experience a strong emotion, such as anger, sadness, or fear, the mammalian brain becomes active. It takes over the human brain. It then supersedes our higher order brain functions of empathy and advanced thinking. So let's look at one technique to get around this. And that's, as previously mentioned, emotional mirroring. Emotional mirroring can be as simple as repeating back and validating the patient's emotional state. The first step is to identify the emotional state based on what the patient is saying and by the nonverbal cues that the patient is showing, such as facial expressions, gestures, and mannerisms. In the case of Mr. Jones, you identify his emotional state as anger. He's glaring, his arms are crossed, he's moving his feet rapidly, he's breathing rapidly. Once you have determined this emotional state, practice emotional mirroring, by simply stating to the patient how you believe he is feeling. For example, doctor, you seem angry. Now ask if you're correct. Is, is that right? If you are correct, continue to mirror the patient's emotions. Mr. Jones, heck yes, I'm angry. I've been waiting for you for an hour. Doctor, mirroring and with empathy. Wow, you've been waiting for an hour. Next. You're going to want to validate emotions. This doesn't mean that you're saying that the patient is right and it doesn't mean that you agree with them. You are simply acknowledging that you understand their emotional state. This is the doctor validating. I'll bet I would be feeling angry and frustrated if I waited in a doctor's office for an hour. Now when validating, be sure to show empathy through the tone of your voice, facial expressions, and by using eye contact. Now remember, the process of mirroring and validation is not telling the patient that they are right or that you agree with them. It's simply a tool that allows you to demonstrate to the patient that you understand his or her emotional state and belief set at that moment. So in summary here, the next time you experience a patient in a strong emotional state, follow these steps. One identify the emotional state. Two, emotionally mirror by simply stating how you think the patient feels. Three, clarify by asking if you are correct. Four, if so, validate how the patient feels and show empathy. You will be amazed at how well this technique diffuses even the most stressful situation. If you want to keep up with the latest industry news, you can do so by subscribing to the MGMA Insights Newsletter. You do so by going to mgma.com slash insights newsletter. And if you want to keep up with the latest advocacy and regulatory news, go to mgma.com advocacy. This has been Daniel Williams with MGMA's Week in Review. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at mgma.com slash membership.